jazz to make the most of our time so that we may grow in wisdom teach us to make the most of our time so that we may greetings grow. welcome to two days denarius i'm ron thomas you know, one of my great modern-day heroes of the Christian faith passed from this life into heaven on the 18th of April, 2023. Charles Stanley was aged 90 when he left us, and he was a faithful servant of the Lord for almost 70 years of ministry. Certainly, he leaves a tremendous legacy behind in the salvation of many souls, tremendous impact on world missions, and a mountain of sermons and broadcasts through pastoring the First Baptist Church of Atlanta and by In Touch Ministries, which took shape in 1972, but then took this name in 1977. Charles Stanley pastored First Baptist Church in Atlanta for 49 years and served as pastor emeritus there until he passed. They asked a question, what was special about him? Well, for me, his messages were always special. I specifically remember uh, two sermons by Dr. Stanley in the early 1990s that really stood out. But I have to say every week, I look forward to Saturday evening when In Touch Hour would come on TV. Certainly it would help get me ready uh, for Sunday morning. A couple of titles I remember were Doing God's Work, God's Way, and then Back at those times, entertainment culture was creeping into the church, uh, along with sermons that were becoming more psychological cures to spiritual problems rather than biblical ones. This was an amazing message and one that encouraged me to always put the Word of God first in shaping my heart and life, even in times of distress or even failure. You know, I have to give a story about this, too. I remember one time, and, and really this was, the final impet, uh, this was the final impetus that turned my direction uh, toward going into the ministry when I thought God would never use me for ministry uh, back in the 1990s. But I was called to ministry when I was young, and I basically turned the other way. When I graduated from high school, I decided that I was going to go to college, planned a major in uh, journalism, political science, and basically prepare for secular career. I, I ran away from the ministry. I knew I was called, but I decided to go the other way. And as a result, it took me 13 years to graduate uh, from college. That's a long story that I would not be able to uh, post and tell about on this podcast. But after a tumultuous time in my life and things were coming back together, I had gotten away from church, goodness, for a couple of years. And uh, I was saying, Lord, where do we go from here? And so after that, I wound up going back uh, to what was then called Southwest Missouri State University. I had uh, just six hours left to finish and getting my degree and finishing that up. So I determined after I finished that and I got my degree, which came actually from a different school, 
that I was going to go ahead and go for a master's in uh, city management. And I thought because of my political science training, that would be a good way to go. And I got into my first class, and one of my biggest reasons I didn't graduate uh, from college was because I w wasn't able to do math. Uh, my algebra class of ninth grade wasn't getting it done for me when I was trying to finish up the program. But through Providence and through some hard work, I worked through that and managed to get that degree. But now that I was in the master's program, I had to go in and take a statistics class which was the first class. And I have to tell you, for all the understanding and blessing that God gave me as I was in that program to finish up my undergraduate degree, all that knowledge just vanished on me. It just disappeared while I was in this class. And through the first two weeks, I wasn't understanding anything. Well, one day after class, as I was walking discouraged and saying, Lord, where do I go from here? What what do I do now? I, I can't do this. I, again, I don't understand math. There was this sermon that Charles Stanley gave, and this was one of them that stood out. It was titled, Doing God's Work, God's Way. And what he said was that something can look so good and so right that it appears to be God's will for you, but it isn't. I tell you, I was walking straight toward that administration building. I went up to the second floor. I withdrew from the class, got my full refund back, and that was it for my secular career. And the next semester that seminary was open, I enrolled and thus began my journeys, journey. Five years in seminary and a 22-year military chaplaincy. It all led to that. And I give great gratitude for that sermon because remembering that, remembering this always stuck into my mind. And yes, you know, along with myself, I am sure that many people out there can speak of how Charles Stanley affected their lives, affected their calling in unique ways. And this was one for me. Another one of his was on, in the realm of prophecy, uh, a sermon, and it was about the spirit of Antichrist, and it focused on false prophets in the world. Uh, yes, it was prophetic, but it encouraged us to test those who falsely claim prophecies in the church and those on the outside who claim to be Jesus at times or some unique spirit. Uh, I wish we could get that sermon again today. I looked for it, and I'm not able to find it, but it was amazingly ahead of its time. It was based on 1 John 4, 1 to 3, uh, which we really need to apply today. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And this isn't just a basic rote acknowledgement. This is a commitment. This is somebody who basically knows and loves the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just a matter of saying words. There has to be life action behind it. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. 
So given that, in the context of Antichrist, you know, there will be one great Antichrist in the future, maybe not far away. But the spirit of Antichrist itself is one that contends against all things and all people of God. Now, I want to bring this into a modern-day context, even in the evangelical world. Because we see people like Beth Moore, Stephen Furtick, Sarah Young of the Jesus Calling uh, book series, uh, who claim that they are in direct communication with Jesus Christ. I have to say that Beth Moore gave one of the most ludicrous stories about the Lord telling her to comb a homeless man's hair once, and she never even shared the gospel with him. That's outlandish. I would think that if Jesus wanted us to do something like that, that we would also be sharing the good news about faith in Jesus Christ with an individual like that. I, that's just among one of many stories and one of many claims where she claims to have these direct conversations. And then you have Stephen Furtick, who was a T.D. Jakes disciple, on two occasions during his sermons, had the audacity to call himself God Almighty. And I'm telling you, I saw the tapes. There is no doubt in my mind that this man was serious uh, when he said that. And then you have Sarah Young. And I started reading Jesus Calling once, and I had to stop early in the book because I said, I, I felt something evil in that book reading it. I said, how come she's having converse, Jesus is having conversations with her and not in that sense with the rest of us. Uh, I don't buy this. We have a Bible, folks. We have a Bible, and it, the teaching of how the Lord communicates with us is by illumination as we read the Word. Yes, the Holy Spirit brings light from the Scriptures to our hearts. I was reading 2 Timothy chapter 2 today, and something in that chapter stood out to me all of a sudden the area it was like a lamp lighting up and yes i felt a significant thing inside of me i can't explain it because that's called the mysterious aspect of how the lord gives us spiritual illumination but it was something an encouraging thing that i needed to see in that moment of time there wasn't a direct conversation it was a spiritual impression but that's illumination. That is a biblical doctrine. Now to say then claim that you have these, the Lord said to me to say to you, uh, that kind of language in the evangelical world has been rejected uh, for many times. And my question is, why are we not applying 1 John chapter 4 to these individuals? Why are we not questioning them to defend them and show them by testing them? that the Lord is actually communicating with them. You know, I have to tell you, to have faith in the Lord, to trust him, to know him, and to be in ministry is a very humbling thing. We as ministers should not be doing things to make us look like we arise above everybody else. To be a minister, to be a pastor, we serve our people. We don't claim things in a sense that biblically don't say they belong to us. And it is shocking to me that nobody, nobody 
And I don't know if Sarah Young is within the Southern Baptist Convention. Beth Moore ran out of it last year. But still, why is nobody in the evangelical world testing themselves? Lifeway of the Southern Baptist Convention isn't going to test these people. They've made millions of dollars off of them. I don't like saying that, but I have to say it because it's true. And not many other people are going to speak the truth about that matter. Friends, long story short, we live in a huge time of spiritual ignorance, apostasy, and worldliness, even within the Christian church. And I don't think there are many out there today who would even know how to examine these false teachers anymore. Well, I want to say another thing I appreciated about Charles Stanley is that he always stood for morality. He challenged authority when times called for it. And it really is sad to see uh, his son Andy not doing the same. But Charles Stanley helped found the moral majority with Jerry Falwell, among other great evangelicals of the later 1970s, to help save our nation from the immorality that had soared to nearly insurmountable levels back then. Till the day he passed, Charles Stanley was never afraid to speak on moral issues affecting our nation and world. It's a voice that was needed, and certainly one that we need to hear today. But aside from John MacArthur, the world wonders what notable evangelical leader will speak up in these times. Aside from Grace Community Church, it's mostly crickets out there. Friends, we need to be saying, saying our prayers uh, for our nation, for our leaders, and that God within this evangelical church will raise up strong men of God again who will stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord once again. Now, Charles Stanley was a former president of the Southern Baptist Convention for two consecutive years between 1984 to 1986. He helped, along with many other concerned, Bible-believing Southern Baptists, that the liberal drift that had taken over the convention in previous years had reached such significant levels of infidelity that the time had come for it to be dealt with. He was smack dab right in the middle of this war in the convention in 1984 that was attended by more messengers in SBC meetings histories. And it was over 45,000 messengers that were there uh, this year. Now, the conservative resurgent began to take control after Charles Stanley was elected president of the Southern Baptist Convention in 1984. He was elected the next year, and this ultimately led to the seminaries being cleared out of liberal professors and the Baptist faith and message of 2000. And many of those who could not bring themselves about to believe in the Bible and its principles left the convention to form one of their own. Back then, like today, the SBC had become a haven for false believers, fake evangelicals, infiltrators, who sought to destroy the foundations that it was built upon. And by the way, this is happening today as well. In fact, with neo-pagans like Rick Warren leading the charge to change SBC policy, which is based on scripture, on who's qualified to carry the title pastor, this upcoming decision in two months will change the convention forever and lead not just to its demise, the demise it's going through right now, 
but I would say it's demolition too. Friends, we live in critical times. Be saying many prayers for the SBC meeting in June. It's only a couple of months away. And I'll tell you right now, this largest of Protestant denomination is in the crosshairs of many, many neo-pagans, apostates, and people who are leading this convention into a way from which it will never recover. June, this is the one. Back in 1984, when Charles Stanley was there to help stand in the gap, Paige Patterson was there to stand in the gap, Adrian Rogers was there to stand in the gap, I don't see anybody out there in this time who's like them at all, unless I'm missing something. No one out there that I see has the convictions of the men that I had mentioned prior uh, to stand in the gap. As I've learned more about Charles Stanley, I came to see that he had a few interesting philosophies that seemed to drive him. A couple of them came from his grandfather, who interestingly was named George Washington Stanley. <laughs> and in his book, Courageous Faith, Charles Stanley wrote of him that his grandfather told him, Charles, if God tells you to run your head through a brick wall, you head for that wall, and when you get there, God will make a hole for it. And you know, there is truth that God will provide, and it seems like in his ministry, when the times had come for Charles Stanley to seemingly go through that brick wall, one of them being the Southern Baptist Convention, and another one is about a story uh, when shortly after he became pastor of First Baptist Church, how the deacon board, or the board of elders, whatever name they called it, uh, at business meetings, tried to challenge him and, and plan to... Uh, by an inner type of mutiny, conspiracy, uh, get him thrown out of the church. Well, they failed, and they were never seen again, and the rest with First Baptist Church Atlanta uh, is history, long story short. But Charles Stanley did have some of his brick wall experiences, and certainly as he got older in his years, it was good to hear him share some of those stories, uh, especially at seminaries at a time when he would visit them and speak to the seminarians and tell them at times that they were going to face battles. And yes, anyone who wants to serve God, especially in a role of ministry, at times is going to have those periods where they're going to, in a sense, run through the brick wall. But as they're faithful to the Lord, God will make a hole in, it, a hole in that wall. Uh, and George Washington Stanley thankfully understood that well. And Charles Stanley clearly lived and believed it. Another philosophy that George Washington Stanley gave to Charles Stanley, and I heard this one many, many times throughout the ministry of Charles Stanley, and it's really kind of in line with the prior one. It's basically obey God and leave all the consequences to him. So, the third one was really more in a secular sense. Uh, this was about a book that he learned much from. It was a secular book. I remember it. Napoleon Hill wrote a book called Think Rich, or sorry, Think and Grow Rich. And it helped him in his, his work as a pastor. But Charles looked at that book too as not just one to help as a pastor, but it, it can help people in all varieties of vocations. 
It wasn't one uh, meant necessarily just for a minister, but he found it very useful and successful in his application, in his work uh, as a minister. And, you know, that's good because, you know, we as Christians and we who are ministers, we value uh, books, take secular books uh, on leadership. I'll tell you right now, history. I like learning about history, especially when I was uh, in the military. It helps you understand the profession better. Uh, professional books are always a good thing to help you grow new skills. And even over the last three years, as I've grown in creating YouTube videos and creating podcasts, I have benefited from many educational-type videos on YouTube or on podcasts on how to do this. Now, I will say I'm not nearly as good as many as those are. There are many who are better at this than I am, but I'm here because I felt in my heart a few years ago that the Lord was leading me to move uh, in this type of direction. And since I'm actually free now to practice it, in a sense, full-time, uh, I want to commit myself to further growth and professional growth. And guess what? I still watch those videos. So we still learn things from people who are secular to help us grow in our own skills. And certainly Charles Stanley found that much use from that book, Think and Grow Rich, and put that into his uh, ministry. Now I want to look at Charles Stanley and say basically what he meant to me. And I told the story earlier about uh, something looks so good, something seems so right, it can appear to be God's will, but it isn't. I tell you about that story. You know, it can go beyond that too. You know, he was a mentor at a distance. And when I was in hard times, uh, many times his messages always helped uplift me and they helped me to press on. Uh, there was just something in his voice. You know, uh, I can't see how other people wouldn't agree with me. You know, he spoke the truth. And sometimes truth, that could hurt. But the way he said it, even when you were struggling, it wound up strengthening your faith. It was something that helped you spiritually to do the right thing that you needed to do. For instance, walking up that courtyard just happened to be facing the administration building. All of a sudden, that one quote comes to my mind. And the next thing you know, I did the right thing. And it changed my direction. Things like that. You know, how God blessed and worked uh, through this man's ministry. How things so often would turn out that they were going to be okay. And ultimately, they were because... This man's ministry, he was faithful to the Lord, and he preached the Word of God faithfully throughout his life in ministry. You know, I'm so very grateful for the gift of a faithful man of ministry who so successfully remained committed to the Word without compromise for nearly 70 years of ministry. Now, I didn't necessarily agree with Charles Stanley on every issue, and you know, that's not going to happen. I don't know that any two ministers are ever going to agree 100% all the time. All right, you can put a bunch of us in a room and watch it fly. <laughs> the question is, are we in agreement on essentials? And generally, we know what those essentials are. I am not a full dispensationalist. Now, I will say, having grown up in dispensationalism from the time I was a child, 
I agree with many of the principles that are in dispensationalism, but I do veer off in a few places. Now, certainly when it comes to the coming of Christ, I'm 100%. Jesus Christ will bodily return to this earth one day, and he will set up his kingdom. Now, if you don't believe in that, you're not evangelical, you're not a Christian. Charles Stanley believed that. Anybody who is a true Christian, true evangelical Christian, for sure, believes that Jesus one day will return bodily. Liberals will say, oh, it's a spiritual resurrection, or he just returns spiritually and comes into your heart. No, that's doctrinal error. That is false. It's not true to the faith. And I'm talking about the true faith from the time of the early church and even Jesus's own very words. Now, the other thing that I would probably veer off course with Charles Stanley was his widened view of once saved, always saved. When you say once saved, always saved is biblical. Well, uh, once truly saved, always saved. If somebody apostatizes, they're not saved. They never were saved. Okay, there was a doctrine called the perseverance of the saints. And that is the true biblical doctrine. You can apply once saved, always saved under the context of perseverance of the saints. But when, you, when your doctrine conflicts with the book of 1 John in reference to those who keep on sinning and have no, absolutely no problem doing it and are not convicted by the Holy Spirit about it, it says very clearly there in 1 John, the one who keeps on sinning does not know God. So in that sense, once saved, always saved can conflict with the word of God. But there is no conflicting with the true doctrine of perseverance of the saints. Now, on all other essentials, Charles Stanley, I 100% agree with him on. No doubt our Lord is the Lord of grace. And people who come to him come to saving faith by his grace, by his unmerited favor. God demonstrated his love toward us in that Christ died for us. Without question, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. One and only. Monogenes in the Greek means there are no other ways but Jesus to heaven. His one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And by the way, you note there that him is singular. There are no other ways. All right. We know from what Jesus taught that broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And that way to life is through Jesus and Jesus alone. And certainly Charles Stanley believed in that 100%. Now I look at Charles Stanley and I say all things on essentials, biblical inerrancy, infallibility, and authority as our only rule of faith and practice, which the scripture is, Dr. Stanley was spot on. Now, I would say here, I would pray for his son, Andy, and it has become clear that Andy Stanley does not hold to the convictions of Charles Stanley. And there are other ne uh, negative theological developments that have been manifested in his actions and teachings over the last few years. So I want to say, friends, let us pray for a true evangelical restoration on behalf of Andy. And in times like this where Andy could stand in there 
like his dad did many years ago and be a hero of the faith. He's, not, he's nowhere present. In fact, his church isn't even part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, I would say for Charles Stanley's exemplary life of more than 65 years of ministry, you know, we all owe this man a thank you. We really do. He'll always be remembered and greatly missed without doubt. But I can say it's a blessing that now for many years to follow his passing, that like Adrian Rogers, we can still watch, listen to his sermons on various media. I hope that you have found this tribute that I've given, and this is my tribute, as you've listened, and listened that it helped you think of your own memories of listening to the many messages of this great man. I'm sure that somewhere something popped in your mind that he said, if you listened to him enough through the years, that maybe you were in a spot in your life and all of a sudden something came to your heart and mind that Charles Stanley, that the Lord brought in your mind that he had preached and you found the solution to the problem. You know, I do want to say thank you here and thank you for listening to this. Like I said, this is uh, basically my story. Uh, Other people have their own story. But, you know, we are blessed to still be able to hear and to watch the messages of Charles Stanley. But I do want to say thank you for listening to this special edition of Two Days Denarius. I'm planning my next podcast for the 3rd of May because on the 4th, It's the National Day of Prayer, and I hope you will listen then, because I will give my annual prayer for the nation that's in line with this event. Until then, friends, I want to say thank you for listening to today's Denarius. I'm Ron Thomas, and may God richly bless you. Satisfy us in the With your unfailing love So that we may sing for joy To the ends of our lives Teach us to make the most of our time